Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, August the 4th, and we celebrate another feast day today, but we will get to that after we listen to our gospel. Wherever you are, however you are, um, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's joy. I wish you God's love, light, and blessings. Uh, I hope you are very, very well. Uh, Today, my friends, we will listen to, uh, again, continuing through Matthew's gospel, we will be in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 to 2, and then skip ahead to 10 to 14. So again, if you are following along, Matthew 15, 1 to 2, 10 to 14. Let's listen to the word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands when they eat a meal. He summoned the crowd and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters one's mouth that defiles the man, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles one. Then his disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He said in reply, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but You know, we always say the gospel of the Lord, the good news of the Lord. Some of the times at the end of those readings, it's not good news. It's tough news. Now, tough news can certainly be good news, too. We need to hear the the hard truth. But sometimes it's hard. And and this one is a a difficult reading, a beautiful one, um, with, with, again, truth oozing out of it, uh, but, uh, but difficult. So... Let's break it apart, just a couple of parts in the gospel I want to go over and then want to talk about uh, John Vianney. Um, so some Pharisees and scribes come to Jesus. Okay, remember, he has been in the boat. Uh, they went over. Uh, okay, so he was teaching parables, uh, fed the 5,000, uh, then got into the, the, the disciples got in the boat, and they went into foreign territory. Jesus caught up with them, uh, walking on the water, and so now he has come back uh, into, I, I don't know if it's Judea or Galilee at this point, but back into um, native land, into what we will call Israel at this time. And, uh, and the Pharisees and the scribes seek him out from Jerusalem. So let's say he's in Judea, southern, uh, the southern territory. And, uh, and they challenge him regarding the tradition of the elders. So why do your disciples not wash their hands when they eat a meal? And I think, my friends, and, and then it's interesting, because then he says, summons the crowd, and he, and he gives the answer to the crowd. So even though they're talking to him, then he, he focuses elsewhere. But um, I think something that is difficult, and can be very difficult for us Catholics, is how do we determine what is the tradition of the elders and what is 
Um, well, let me, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. What is tradition with a capital T and what is tradition with a lowercase t? And what I mean when I say that is the two pillars upon which Catholicism rests, and, and we all know this, but it's scripture and tradition, tradition with a capital T. When we say that, we're talking about dogma that will never change. Uh, we're talking about things that the, um, the uh, well, just some simple ones, that Jesus is fully God and fully human. That will never change, ever. Uh, that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ. That will never change, ever. Um, tradition, all with a capital T. But what, how sometimes do we tell what is tradition with a capital T versus tradition with a lowercase t? Example, um, a, not even that long ago, let's say early 20th century, um, religious liberty was thought to be anathema. It was thought to be absolutely uh, her heretical and, um, and that for one to follow the king or queen, uh, autocratic rulership, monarchical rulership within a country was, was believed to be ordained in the image of God. And therefore, we follow the king or the queen just as we follow God, who is our king. Um, and the idea of religious freedom, uh, to, to be able to have that, because in these monarchical countries, if the, the king or queen was Catholic, which most likely they were, certainly in Southern Europe, um, then one followed that faith. And to give religious freedom, I think, scared the dickens out of the church. But that's, that changed. It was, it was hard fought and it was hard won. Uh, read John Courtney Murray and, and look at the documents of Vatican II and, and particularly uh, the, uh, the document on religious liberty. But, um, but now you and I grow up in its aftermath and it's commonplace. We understand that. Religious liberty, relig religious freedom, of course. Um, tradition with, with a capital T, tradition with a lowercase t. How do we tell the difference? And sometimes it's very difficult. You know, when Francis is, is talking about, um, you know, in, in uh, the Amazon, and, uh, and do we invite married priests from the deacons who are already there in those regions that do not have priests to serve them? Uh, can some of the, the priests, the deacons, excuse me, be married? Again, that's lowercase t tradition, um, but yet trying to work it out with the whole church so the whole church understands. And, and it's, it's knowing, okay, what, what, what is it that, that is the essence of who God is and what God is and what this kingdom of God looks like? And brothers and sisters, that is not an easy, uh, an easy thing to determine. Certainly, I can't wake up tomorrow morning and say, well, this is capital T and this is lowercase t. Because I work within the, the auspices of the church, not just employed by the church. That's not what I mean. I mean, I am part of the people of God and the church, and it can't be made in my image. It's made in the image and likeness of God. And, and we together with 
the, uh, the hierarchy of the church, which is part of the church, but it is not the only, the census fidelium, census fidelium, excuse me, the, the sense of the faithful. How do we work together to understand what is God, where is God leading us, and, and what is this Holy Spirit doing now? It's never just, okay, it's, it's me and, and whatever I think. It is we and how we walk together as a people of God. And so that whole idea of breaking with the tradition of the elders, um, that, that's, that's not done. We still struggle with that. Now, of course, Jesus then directs it to a, a wonderful place, which is the deeper place, um, saying, okay, you know, they're focused on the outer, the, the things that, that um, yeah, it's important to wash meals, it, 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 wash before our meals. Um, but from a dietary perspective, what comes out of us is far more important than what goes into us dietary-wise. Although I think I would, um, I would probably say, ah, you know, Jesus is certainly correct. I'm, I'm not going to correct our Lord. However, I think I will say how you and I, what we consume does indeed shape us. We are, as they say, what we eat. And... Um, if I am consuming things, whether that's music, movies, books, uh, friendships, um, whatever it would be, it, it's, you know, the, the list is long. But if that is not building me up toward the kingdom, all those things that are entering into me um, are going to find their way out, and, and it won't be beautiful either. So we have to be very careful, brothers and sisters, about what we do allow to enter within um, because we are temples of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and, and, and we need to make sure that we protect that essence which is that space within us that, uh, in which God resides, which certainly I hope is within all of that. Our hearts, our, our minds, our our, our hands, our, our mouths, our ears, our eyes, all those places in which we take things in and we give things back out. Um, last thing I want to say in the gospel before I reflect on John Vianney, I love that idea that the disciples come to him and say, do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? Oh my gosh, my friends, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You know, how, how are they going to feel if I say this? Are those people going to take offense if I take this stand over here? Um, how, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with a wider culture? And I'm just not talking about the American culture or, or even the worldwide culture. I'm talking about the culture that's close to us, family, friends, our city, whatever it is. Um, do we measure ourselves up against what they're going to think before we take a measured response? I love the courage of Jesus here, who says, you know what? Don't concern yourself with them. We have to follow what is right and true. And uh, the blind lead the blind. They're going to fall into a pit. But we can't always ask ourselves, will they like what I have to say? We have, brothers and sisters, to speak, I'll say, our truth. And when I mean ours, I don't mean just ours individually, although that is true, because we each see the world through a unique set of lenses. But when I say our, that plural idea of with God, how has God, through the experiences in your life, I mean, that's St. John of the Cross said that wonderful, 
that the uh, voice of God or the ex is the experiences God uh, puts into our life. How is the voice of God spoken to you? Because you have a unique language to speak to us, and so do I, because of the experiences in which I've had. And we cannot be afraid to speak those experiences um, because other people may not approve. Now let's talk about St. John Vianney real briefly. St. John Vianney was born just before the French Revolution. So, so he was born about 1786 in France. So imagine being born into France. You're three years old, 1789, and the revolution breaks out. And it was not a quick revolution. Um, and, and it went back and forth for years and ultimately did not settle down until Napoleon came to power. And even that went back and forth for years. And so France was not an easy place to grow up uh, at the time John Vianney did. Well, because of all that tumult, he, he, he desperately had a vision and wanted to become a priest. Uh, but he didn't have the schooling for it because of the chaos. And, uh, and so when he tried to go for seminary, he, he couldn't because he didn't have an understanding of, of the schooling necessary uh, or the Latin necessary. So he, he was forced to um, uh, quit. But he didn't want to give up on his vision, so he hired a tutor. That tutor worked with him, and together, through a whole lot of work, uh, he was ordained a priest uh, in the uh, 19th, early 19th century. And um, unfortunately, these hard, I, I won't say impossible, but I'll say incredibly difficult tasks still mounted up before John Vianney. And... Uh, the place he, was, he went to, which was Ars, A-R-S, France. Uh, if you ever hear the term the curé of Ars, they're referring to John Vianney. Uh, and so he got there, and what he found was that everybody was quite comfortable and indifferent. Uh, and they loved their style of living, and they didn't want to change it. And so how do you deal with that when we're called, brothers and sisters, to be on a pilgrim people? Um, moving toward the kingdom of God, but he was encountering resistance because they liked where they were and they were content and comfortable. Does that sound familiar? And, uh, and yet it was through his uh, intense work that he helped to rouse them out of their comfort and, and into um, a place seeking God and moving toward God. He um, started a home for girls in the town, but what he's really known for is he would spend hours upon hours uh, with the, the, what used to be called confession, sacrament of reconciliation, uh, with them, literally to the point that he was there 11 to 12 hours in the winter, and summer when it was lighter out, he would spend up to 16 hours a day in the confessional inviting people to come and listening to them. And they would come, not just from ours, but they would come from miles and miles and miles away because he was supposed to be unbelievably compassionate and good and insightful in the confessional. Um, he was simply a servant of God and loved the people of God. Died about the age of 73, so say mid-19th century, I believe 1859, and he is the patron saint of priests. But I think... I'll, I'll leave us with this, because I think John Vianney and I think Jesus both point us in the same way. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be a pilgrim people, not a people of comfort. I was out running today, and I set my music on random, and a song by Keith Green from 
45 years ago came up on my phone, a song I've loved for years, but it's called Asleep in the Light. And there's a line in there which says, the world is sleeping in the dark, that the church just can't fight because it is asleep in the light. My friends, it's okay to love the world and the life that God has given us. But we must remember, we are never at home here. We are on pilgrimage. And we can never get comfortable to the sense that we do not help build the kingdom of God here. Jesus was not afraid to, uh, to name the truth and make enemies because of it. Uh, his purpose was not to make enemies. His purpose was to name the situation. John Vianney was not afraid to name the situation and to rouse the people of ours. Um, let's you and I have the same courage because you and I have a voice to bring. Um, may we have their courage and their insight uh, and may we be led by the same spirit uh, with which they were led. Let's pray. If you have someone or something for which you would like to pray today, I invite you to call that to mind. And let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second joyful, excuse me, second glorious mystery, uh, the ascension of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I went a little long today, brothers and sisters. My apologies. I'll try to be more brief tomorrow, but blessings on your Tuesday. Bye-bye.